Welcome everyone to another week with your host Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissan. What an honor and what a schuss to be on these programs. Really, really do. It's a schuss and an honor and I always want to thank Rav Nissen for having another one of these programs. Thank you so, so much. The number for someone that would like to call up is 718-683-5858. And what is the number of this for someone to text the question? 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. Excellent. And we look forward to taking the questions, your comments, because we'll have, we have a great appreciation to that. Let us start with an interesting question that we sometimes get now. It's now final times. People are starting to be very busy. Kids are going out. A lot of time kids are saying they don't want to study or they don't want to study. What's the parent's role? How do you get the balance and the structure? Because this is a lot what I am hearing in, with the private practice that we've got. What is the parent's role? How much are we supposed to push? How much are we supposed to have that pressure? On the other hand, if we don't push, if we don't do any of those roles, then what would happen is kids won't do anything. Us human nature, for whatever reasons, if we don't have that drive, if we don't use the drive, then we lose it. We don't have that. So, Ravnissa, what would you say about that? What would you say is the balance for parents to have means on one hand pushing and on the other hand letting go. It's so difficult to say right now what's the balance. I think that first of all, each kid is different. Each situation is totally different. You have to know, I would say that feel you kid, feel you child. You know, it's uh, some ch- some children need a little bit more time, recess time. I would say some someone one need a little bit of push. It's a, it's so difficult to say it. it's a formula. I don't I, I I don't know unless you ever modify some formula. I as a parent I don't know if I have a formula. The for the only formula is my my finger on the pulse of my the, my, my my kids, and you know, and try to see what the feeling how the how it's uh, the achievement. And uh, how to try to to n- navigate them to the, through this uh, kind of uh, I would say for them it's look like an ocean uh, with you know obstacles and uh, big waves uh, each each uh, you know midterms and final terms all this stuff coming uh, what are they going to do just first of all I would say that I I love to use the word trust give yes. them trust give them trust. And give them the, the ability that they can do it. It's no question that you can do it. And again, as we see, if I can, you can. It's something that gives them the trust and the confidence that they know. If something, sometimes, you know, kids has a difficulty in some subjects, you know, either you you learn the subject with the kid or if you have the, the, the you know, the finance stuff, you can help them to hire somebody from outside or even just Tell them call the friend from the classroom, from your class. Make some con, you know, uh, phone call, working together, working another with my 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 da- girls. My my daughter used to be trained up till three o'clock at, na- at night. You know, with girls from her classroom, they, they used to call her and just 
asking tackle with a question and working with this you know basically it's it's in urge the, the the brain and basically as much as, as long as you're you're helping other people and help from other people you, you get it i got the material better this yeah. is the this is something that's very i would say that the, the uh, parents encourage the communication between the classmate of your child and uh, uh trying to work with them again in the in one side it's just coming and also be you know be sensitive to the other side you know maybe it's it's it's, it's something it's a burden on them so uh, the balance is basically sensitivity and trust this is what uh, what i think yes i think it's a fantastic um, balance that you're discussing and in fact it's interesting i would like to share a little the other way because you said something that's so true but at the same time, I recently had a parent share with me, which means what you said is, is true and healthy, but sometimes the situation could be unhealthy. And that is where someone has a, a daughter and another person had it with a son, where they're the smarter kids in the class. And now the kids that did not really learn that much during the year, and they're getting very nervous about the finals, they're starting to call up their children saying, you must teach it to me, I have to spend time. Now, on one hand, it's great, because when you're teaching it to someone, you're reviewing it. On the other hand, reviews move much quicker. When they have to teach it or when they're stuck, and sometimes this 12- or 15-year-old girl or boy is starting to feel overwhelmed. I can't teach it to you. You're not getting it. And to, for parents to realize there is a difference between reviewing to someone that could use help because it helps you as well, versus when you need to teach it to someone. When they're, they didn't learn, make sure your children do not fall into the last role where they feel responsible. And now they're not able to finish reviewing or studying for their final because of the other students that are putting the guilt, but how will I manage without you? Also, I just want to remind everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. Yes. The number also to text if you'd like to text a question or comment is 347 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. Uh, Mordechai, you know, yeah. that's, uh, it's basically the end of the year is already here, you know, and and, uh, and we are, you know, facing the the kids with uh, a sleepaway camp, camp, new camps, and everybody is like full of, uh, I would say, kind of panic and people, some kids are very happy, some people, uh, kids are really scared in the first year. What is our, and to the parents also, yeah. Uh, Talking about uh, visiting day, no visiting day, phone calls. Give the kids some uh, phones to the to the camp. What what is your uh, ideas for this? As we know, generations are changing. I spoke recently to Rosh Hashiva. I'm just calling on the last subject that you mentioned about cell phones, which means, as we know, there's now more the kosher phones. I mean, the kosher phones. A kid would get a flip phone. Generally, there isn't allowed to be texting, but from our texting or they're getting the text and I've seen something very interesting what the Rosh Hashiva is discussing with them what they're finding and they're saying as follows let's assume it is kosher 
means it's a couple of boys in the class. They want to get together. Because today, this generation is, I'm not going to call someone yes, no. You send a text. Hi, do you want to go out? This way, there's no fear of rejection. Either you don't answer, oh, he didn't see the message. Or you don't have to say no, or I'm not in the mood. And if the person is in the mood, then they say yes. Also, when you call and you're getting that whole emotion, they are, yes, no, versus you're sending 10 people a text, you're doing copy-paste to everyone the same message, it's so much easier. What is happening is that there are people or that are sending messages, and now they're starting to stay up because all of a sudden they send 10 people a text, one person responds, so now they're talking. So now let's say it becomes 10, 11 o'clock at night, and the buck wants to go to sleep. Now the one that they just went to sleep, their other friend responded, yeah, I just got home, I was out, can you speak two minutes? And next thing you know, the Bachem are up till 12, 1 o'clock at night. So what happens is, on one hand, sometimes you want to have a family phone where your kids go out, they have something, it's safe, you know, you can reach them. On the other hand, when you've got 9th, 10th, 11th graders, which again, they're 15, 16, 17, they should be having a cell phone. They're adults. I shouldn't say they should be. It will help them. On the other hand, it's so painful. Because that structure, that Nisayan that us adults have of you got to go to sleep, and teenagers need to sleep more than others. Many times the politics that start happening, we're wrong. you did go with one friend, you didn't go with another one. The friend starts texting all the other friends, where are you? Are you going anywhere? It gets very, very complicated. So texting in itself is a big issue. So when parents give a kid a cell phone in camp, it's, are they going to be texting other parents, I miss you, I'm lonely, I'm so sad, and therefore that might not be that good. On the other hand, if they have a cell phone, they're speaking to other friends in camps, you did this, you did that, they're not always connecting or staying present. So I personally think that cell phones throughout the summer, in general cell phones for the 15 and 16-year-olds, I know the teenagers are not going to like that I'm saying it, but not to have a cell phone specifically for that reason. Call the house number. I, and I there's want, also, yes, go yes, ahead. I really agree with you 100% because I know that uh, I, you know, my kids, and uh, I, I, I agree with all the Rosh Hashiva that up to 12th grade, it's, it's not 100% good. It's not shayach. Not it's it. not shayach. And I want to ta- to ta- to say about texting something that is very, very, very. Uh, things uh, is with my conversation with many many therapists and many people that are dealing with like for example couples. Yeah. And the worst enemy of couples, you know, that they have dispute is the texting. And you have to see texting that couple or oh, people writing to each other. It's really unbelievable. And why? I would say why is it? When we talking, we have like uh, I think eighty six muscles. That working with you know you have the tongue you have the you have the lips you have the teeth you have the thought you have kind of guidance you know on this you have to to work and thinking about what you're talking about and you listen to yourself also even you have that special crazy angry person uh, you have some kind of certain control in the fingers you don't control nothing. Your finger, your finger can write disasters, you know. And I'm telling you what I saw, some text, it's really, and, the, you know, you don't think that human wrote it. A monster yeah. wrote it. And go yeah. erase it. 
And he, come, he or she come to the, to the, to the, the rabbi, to the, whatever, any, any, you know, to the judge, to the court. Look what she is writing to me. Look what he wrote to me. And all this stuff. And it's no reverse. You can copy this, paste, and put it forever and other. That you have to give us, you know, just knowledge about what we're facing up in heaven after 120 years. What kind of things we will see. And what we said and what you wrote about it. Yes. So uh, this is. I'd like to share that I had actually a similar experience with a client, and it was a mistake, appears to be on my part, where they sent me a message. And as you said, it was missing the 86 facial expressions. And I took it one way, and I responded a little tough, and the client was very hurt. And then when they had their next session with the therapist, they asked me to come in. And we clarified how I understood the message, how they understood the message. And I apologized profusely for my mistake. And the reason why I'm saying is I think the therapist, that client might even be listening to this now. And we really worked it out. I'm saying based on my perception, that's how I responded. And they showed me how the message could have a whole different tone. Like a facial expression, if I would have seen the smile, I would have taken it completely differently. Or if I would have seen the facial expression of a request, I would have taken it differently. Instead, I saw the facial expression of upsetness, anger, frustration. And this, and this, this, happened, some, yeah, this, this happened just recently. This happened about three weeks ago. And it's something that we basically could be, we are in a bad mood, and we read the texting, and you say, how are you? And stay with a smile, and that how are you? You know, just you read it exactly the same what you That's feel right. in this moment. In this moment, you know. Yes. So it's a, it can read it as a cynical, and you know, oh, what do you care about? Oh my, you know, this is something yes. that, uh, and uh, we don't understand this. You know, that's why I prefer most of the time to just pick up the phone and talk with the phone. It, yes, you can feel the, the nuance. You feel the the, the difference between in angry, smiling and positive uh, approach. And that's why I tell so my true. kids, uh, I, I tell my kids, try, you know, I know that we are a generation of texting, and, and it's, you, you cannot avoid it. Really, we cannot avoid it. We see a restaurant, you can see in the bus, you can see in the street. We are, we are, I said we, because I am also part of this, we are texting. We are just writing with this, the generation time that everything, everybody has to, to know immediately what happened, how it happened, our president is tweeting all the day. <laughs> At two in the morning. <laughs> you know, so we, we just think like uh, that we have to take it, you know, to, to, to think about it all the time before, you know. I, every text, that, uh, most of the texts of mine, you can see my text that I said like this. If I have text to, to you, or I, I say, I will say, I, how are you? And then I can, I can say, you know, can if I, if I, if I text the name of the person that I write, before anything, just to be clear that my message is personal and not with a bad mood, let's put it like this. Yeah. Something that's very important. I, I, I think so, that most of the time I'm doing it. Beautiful, beautiful. I'd like to share with everyone to remind them of the number to call up, 718 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text the message through Reb Nissen, through J-Root, the number is 732-927-8398, 732-927-8398.
I'm sorry, 347-927-8398. I sent you some texts right now. That's, you know, it seems like this summer that the day is long and everybody's just uh, still outside. <laughs> you know, we, we, we get used to it because we get the, all the phone calls in the last part of the show. <laughs> so yes. you got, uh, I got the message right now. It showed. Yes, so the message is as follows. Hi, thank you so much for everything you do for Claudia's role. I go to therapy, and my therapist and me disagree if I'm ready for dating. He thinks the longer I wait, the better. I think I'm ready. What should I do? Whew, this is a tough one. Because in general, I'm a believer in self-determination. Self-determination means a client needs to take the initiative. They need to take steps in their life. And this is how we learn. You need to be brave to take steps, and you need to be brave and responsible to own up to the mistakes that you do. So therefore, in therapy, we encourage clients to make mistakes. However, many times we've told clients we do not recommend marriage at this point. And the reason is because there are certain choices that you make that the consequences if you are not ready, are very severe, are very painful, can set you back. Marriage is a magnificent institution. It is a level where if it's done correctly and on a healthy level, we are zeichet to have the shechina with us. We become shutfim with Hashem. But as we know, anything that has that power, that up, partners with Hashem, unfortunately could have that much pain or that much anger where the sudden can be involved. And what that means is marriage is about interaction. Marriage is about other people's views. Marriage is about seeing a completely opposite, different human being. It means if you're a man and you're among friends, we think a certain way. Men think a certain way. Biologically, emotionally, hormonally, we have a certain pattern of thinking. Women, biologically, emotionally, hormonally, have a different way of thinking. And you even see it very much as a young age as in children, what the kids will play with in the bath. Are they going to play with dolls or are they going to be playing with trucks or cars? Now, I'm not saying little boys don't play with dolls or with toys or little girls do not enjoy playing with cars or with other stuff. I'm just saying that there are big differences. And when we get married... And I know every single boy, every single girl says, yeah, when we get married, we know we're going to give in. We know it's going to be where we're going to understand it. Of course we're going to let go. Yeah, well, how do you do with your friends? How are you now with your parents? And in a marriage, it is time It's that much harder. So what I'd like to realize is I'm not trying to scare you off marriage. Marriage is amazing. Marriage is fantastic. Marriage is a place where you'll grow. But you need to be able to withstand certain pressures. You need to be able to learn to give in when you're really that angry or that hurt. And for that to happen, you need the ability, you really need to be able to let go and to have that strength. And if you're in therapy and your therapist does not feel that you're that ready or they feel you might just be ready, 
would you want to risk your entire life on just because you're ready? Like what I would be recommending is what would be half levels of that? How about getting a job? How about becoming a supervisor? How about having respons more responsibility? See how you're handling those levels, those issues, interacting with people. Try managing. See those behaviors before you're actually going to get married and see how well you manage through those. And if you have a hard time, then be aware of marriage. Those will be some skills that you might, or some issues you might have in the marriage. Just reminding everyone the number to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to go to Ms. F and Ms. T together. Welcome to the program. Okay, hi. We wanted to ask that... Sure. We have a friend that, basically, like, she thinks, like, it's cool to do, like, certain stuff, like... Like that they have an iPhone and all, do, do, like, bad stuff, in other words. Hold on one second. Are you both you over the age of 18? No. Oh, so do you have your parents' permission to call up? <laughs> Not no. really. Uh, so, no. Okay, <laughs> so then we need to uh, wait to call up. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't it's announce my, at the my, beginning my of the mistake. program. My mistake. No, I that's okay. That's all right. We just need to be 18 to call up and to ask questions, or you can get your parents' permission. Mm, no, because it's a real important question. <laughs> I agree. So get your parents' permission. What we're doing okay. is we're teaching you responsibility. We're being responsible to the parents and to the adults. Okay. Yeah, Fine. share with your parents how important your question is, and I'm sure they will agree for you to call in. No, that's the thing. We don't want our parents to know because then it's going to... Mm -hmm. They're going to ask our girl. I don't know. Maybe it Yeah, takes that's us. correct. Yes. That's exactly how it should go. <laughs> no, it's not. Whatever. It's so different. Whatever. Never mind. Excellent. So watch this. By you, let, let's, you know, no, first we need to hang up because it's not right um, to continue this. But we can just take this little example and show what responsibility means and how teenagers think many times. So teenagers think in the process of, oh, they, someone's doing something. And if we tell on them or we tell an adult or a parent, that child, that teenager is going to get in trouble, and they won't want to speak to us. That is a child's way of thinking. An adult's way of thinking is, I really care about that person. They might be hurt, but the right thing to do is to help them. And therefore, yes, I might get yelled at or blamed at, but if I have my intention of helping, that might be the right thing to do. And furthermore, you might need to, in, in adult times, sometimes speak to a lawyer. And you speak to a lawyer, this and this is what I'm doing. And the lawyer tells you, stop it immediately, it's illegal. Or you can get stuck, or you're doing it wrong. Same thing, people can speak to an accountant. Hi, I've been doing this and this and this. And the accountant goes, Oy vey, it's terrible. You can get audited, this and this is not good. You could pay fines, they can shut you down. And now, what's the behavior going to be? Oh, uh, you see, I should have never called the lawyer. I should have never spoken to my accountant. Or will your response be, thank you for telling me. i got to change it. How do we shift? And now let's say there are two partners, and one partner says, no, I'm not changing. Now you might say, then, we'll have to leave the partnership. I, this is your partner. But you need to make adult choices. So let's understand something. 
The little bit that we heard in the question is that a friend has a cell phone and doing inappropriate things with it. Well, and you don't want to tell your parents because they're going to want to know who. They might call up the parents. They might tell you don't interact with that person. They might tell you don't go to their house, be with them alone. And your parents are correct. It might be uncomfortable, but that's what adults do. We learn from our mistakes. We learn not to, not to repeat them. And yes, maybe they will tell the other parent, but that's the right thing. Then, Ravnison, what do you say to that? You're right, 100%. You know that I'm sorry. First of all, I'm sorry. I, 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 first of all, it sounds a little bit uh, older. And, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is my mistake. But under the percent that, uh, you know, we're thinking, you know, that uh, by uh, informing or tell other people about other people act, it's we, we damage them. Sometimes it's the opposite. It just, we are, we are, it's for their benefit. And uh, many times, many times, you know, uh, in, in the Shlomo Melech said, no. if somebody uh, don't basically, uh, it, you know, I don't, I don't know how to say it in English because it's not exactly what beat his kids. It's not, uh, it's not this the, the meaning about it. But you have, we have to go there, to put a kind of fences and uh, right. borderline. To, to your kids and everybody, you know, so many times, you know, we uh, we see a lot of kids that basically trying to break these lines. And they, uh, what I found many times, and I'm and I, 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 talking a lot with a lot of teenagers about it, and they know, they know exactly that it's wrong. They know exactly where they, you know, what they did, it's wrong. For example, if they surf to another to another website or to some kind of stuff that they're not supposed to be there. And uh, this is where you build your trust and you, I, I would say, working with them and kids can see it. And if you, you if your friend is not just a, as a yente and uh, that's just looking for what she doing and what I was doing and all this kind of chilut around it, and you are really sincere, caring about your your your, um, your friend. I think that she will she will understand it very well that you really care about it, and not because you just you are jealous or because she has an iPhone. And this has happened a lot. It's happened a lot. You know, we had so many times shidduchim that fell down because the best friend, so called best friend, talk bad about uh, other other friend. So if you're really right. sincere, if you're really sincere about your attention. That you care about your friends and you talk with a friend, your friend. That you know, it's it's not the time. You're still young. You still it's not mature enough to go and uh, to be on this location because look what happened to other people. And try to learn that the you know and try to involve adult that can be trusted in both sides. Could be that the parents cannot. Could be that the the some more uh, cannot. They will be flip over and uh, do a, a lot of waves. So try to find somebody that can approach to this kid and trying to talk with him, with her, in the sense of trust and sense of maturity to show the, the, the right way. That's, That's right. So true. 
Very, very, very true. And again, just to remind everyone the number to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and to text your message for Abnissan, it's 347-927-8398. Now, I'm going to read a message that you just sent me, Abnissan, and I so appreciate this message because this is something that I discuss, we share over and over and over and over and over. And it's so nice to hear that people are, it's getting more to the consciousness and people are even sending it to us. So it goes as follows. Good evening, exclamation mark. I'd like to share with you and the listeners what an impact therapy has made in my family. I am now two years in therapy, constantly, consistently. I am continuing to work and grow. Recently, a good friend of mine who I haven't seen for some time came to my house and told me, your hard work is evident on your children. They look so happy. They're so confident. They're not so tense as they used to be. What a nachas comment. It is so true. Parents, let's remember, the more we invest in ourselves, the more we grow, then we see a tremendous change in our children, we see it in our spouses, so those of you that are men listening, we see it by you. Those that are women listening, we see it by, by the husbands. You see it by the spouse. You see it by the opposite ones. By us changing, the environment changes. And we might not see it the first two, three months, or six months, but if you're two years down the line, you can just see it. It's that clear and evident to everyone. And remember, these are investments for generations. But Dyrus, so I appreciate such messages. Thank you, because they just reinforce exactly what you're doing. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know what is really uh, I give nachat, nachas to all of us. Yes, thank you. Thanks for thank for all of us. And we are going now to Ms. W. Hello, Ms. W. Yes, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, first of all, thank you so much for everything. I really enjoy your program. Yes, um, with pleasure. Thanks. Um, second of all, I sent in a text before about the dating question. I got yes. like the courage to call up. Um, oh, thank you. I was wondering, um, like I was in therapy for the past four years already. And wow. um, I was wondering if, like, if it, um, like, it's my decision or if I'm ready or not. It shouldn't be the therapist's decision. Notice how you're phrasing it. <laughs> it should be my decision. It shouldn't be the therapist's decision. Of course it's your decision. And you're going to have to deal with the consequences. The therapist cannot tell you don't. The therapist will tell you, in my opinion, you are not ready for what marriage needs. We've had several clients in our history, because we've, Baruch Hashem, seen several thousand people already, where we felt the person was not ready to date. And the person says, well, I'm choosing to date. And we said, well, our choice is to stop working with you. And they go, why? Because what happens, Baruch Hashem, when you get engaged? And then things start getting out of hand. Do you know who your parents are going to call up or who you're going to start crying to? What do I do? It's overwhelming. And us therapists, we're humans. I know many times people forget that us therapists are humans. And I know that if I have a case that I don't believe the person can 
go through a dating process, an engagement process, a marriage process. Do you know what happens to me as a therapist? Do you know how I feel bad and I watch that and someone that we spent four years getting there and all of a sudden there? I also have a choice, and you have a choice to date, but I have the choice not to be involved in that process. My therapist is not telling me that I'm not ready to date. He's just saying that, like, the longer you wait, the better. But how long does longer you wait? That's exactly what you speak to him. So what my clients generally do is as follows. I want to date. Do you feel I'm ready? And then what we do is we do a sort of an analysis, like an overview. Okay, let's understand what we've gained, what you've gained over four years. You've gained one to a hundred. Amazing. Now, happens to be that you might have a difficulty with these four or five areas that we're still working on. Marriage, one of the main difficulties that people have in marriage are these four areas. So how about we focus on these four areas in many other areas of your life, and once you master those, now you can start the dating process. So we don't tell a client, we don't think you're ready. We give a very clear, almost like an analysis, why you're not ready. Let's analyze the steps that we feel you will have difficulty in marriage. We've had a client I could think of, I'm not going to say if, it's a, if it was a man or a woman, but wanted to start dating, and we said, you're still prickly. Prickly means you give sharp comments. Things don't go your way. You can get tense. If you want to change an appointment and the therapist can't do it, you get annoyed. And you're saying, I'm here so long. Why can't you accommodate me? Or if the therapist has to take sometimes a day off or when we had the snow days, and it happened to have been like certain two days were always snow days. So it was almost like out of three months, probably let's say half those sessions are canceled on those days. And that person would have like insisted, well, you must put me in. It's not fair. But not always was the therapist able to, and we sort of explained to them. The way you have a difficulty when things don't go your way or when it's not going the way you expect, your frustration or the guilt that you put on that you weigh on very heavy, that will can ruin a marriage. And therefore, we work on those subjects. Does that make more sense to you? I didn't get the last part that you said. Which part? The last part that you just said. I don't know which was the last part because I, I thought it was all one part. Oh. So um, very simple. If let's say there's an interpersonal issue where the person has a difficulty with change or if they want something and they don't get it and then they get frustrated, that's an integral part of marriage. You want to go out, your husband wants to go to sleep now. You want to spend money on shoes, your husband says, I want to save for a house. You're saying, I want to go out with friends now, he's saying, I'm exhausted. You want to go to your parents, and he's saying, no, this job is, I want to go to my parents. And if I have an easy time doing that with friends, let's say, that's on obviously less level. Let's but... try things different. That's where your discussions with your therapist. You ask the therapist, what part of me or my interactions, or of my emotions, do you feel will be an issue? And maybe it'll be zero. Maybe he feels you're too much of a pushover. I don't know. Remember, I didn't ask you one issue why you went therapy for four years. I didn't do that. But what I was sharing with you is how we work that out with our clients. So if we make a recommendation to a client, you're not ready to date yet. 
we have a very specific one, two, three, four, five reasons why, and we also share with them our goal, how we plan on getting there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what's holding you back from speaking to the therapist? Um, nothing. I bring it up almost like every time that my therapist gets agitated at me whenever I bring up dating. Well, well, it's very different if you sort of bring up the topic, I want to date, why aren't you letting me? Versus saying, let's discuss the reasons why you don't want me to date. Let's find which, which areas I am deficient in. What areas do I need to build? Let's start working on them. Do you know how um, frustrating it is for a therapist when you blame the therapist for them not letting you date? What do you think? How do you feel if your job is to help people grow and you feel someone isn't ready to date and they're going, please let me date, please let me date, why can't you let me date? I really want to date. Uh, they're trying to help. Yeah, and how do you think a therapist feels when every week the person brings it up and you feel they're not ready? But can I just say something that if sure. we, we have a disagreement on, like, what I still need to work on. So let's say he tells me I need to work on relationships. So I don't think I have a hard time with relationships, but he's told me well, that I do. Well, hold on. Then you clarify what part of relationships don't do you think I need to work on? Mm-hmm. What, why are you quiet? I'm listening to you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we do. No, it's what's, your ther- what's your therapist's goal? How are they getting there? We didn't really make goals. He just thinks the longer I wait, the better off I am. But I'm just, I waited a long time already. And I'm just, I want to know, like, until when is that waiting? That's exactly what you explain to therapists. I need a grounded goal. And then sometimes what else happens is you might bring your parents in. Have your parents speak to the therapist. My parents are not involved. I mean, they're... They're not in the picture. I don't have connection with them. Okay. Well, if someone sent a message all the way from Canada and made a suggestion, maybe you can talk to a Rob that understands you and understands a therapist. So this way you can get both versions. Well, everyone wants to according to what the therapist says. Yeah. But there's something if the therapist says, wait, then the Rob we speak to the therapist. I spoke to her and the rep said whatever the therapist says. Okay. I, I have an issue because so something is lacking. I want you to know, based on the communication of this session, there is a lack of communication going on. Why? Because if a therapist says you could do better if you wait, that doesn't seem like someone says don't do it. 
Seems like your therapist is saying don't do it. Seems like the rub, a rub that sees a person and says 100%, wow, this person's ready? Why is it there? No, let me ask. However, if there are issues and you might not be seeing it, that might be part of your issue. And maybe the rub sees it and the rub doesn't want to start challenging you. It's the rub saying continue working it out with a therapist. What's the communication? The communication is that you're going to a therapist and both of you are not on the same page. That is a communication issue. Uh-huh. You're not seeing what your therapist is seeing. You're saying, I feel I'm ready to date. Your therapist is saying there appears to be some reason that you're not. Well, to use your words, you will be more ready to date in maybe a couple of months or a couple of years. You didn't say how long, but at a later date. And you're not getting it. And that concerns me. No, it concerns me that you're not aware why the therapist wants you to wait. What skills do you need to learn? What skills do you need to master? My question is, you trust your therapist? That's just my... You feel Great that... question. I didn't even think about that. You trust her, him? It seems um, like... He... Yeah, I trust him. Okay, so, so you ask him why you think I'm not ready yet? Or why is it better that? Or you don't want to get his opinion? I do want his opinion. I think that I'll feel much calmer if I knew that my therapist who knows me well um, thinks that I'm ready. So you you have to ask him, why I don't? Why do you think I'm not ready? He has to give you an answer. He told me that he thinks that I still need help with relationships, but I told him that I had issues with relationships in the past, but I didn't have for a very long time. But he still thinks that I'm still having. This is a question. If you really trust him, so maybe you listen to him. That's right. And why are you not aware what issues you still have? I am aware. Well, then why do you want to date if you're aware of your issues? I don't think and I have you... an issue in that. We disagree. So it's Your therapist tells you you have an issue somewhere, and you're saying, I don't have that issue. Right. Then you get a third person in. Who does know you well that you can start bringing in and start either you changing your opinion or them changing their opinion? Uh-huh. What happens if the rub sees it, your therapist sees it, and you're blind? My rub doesn't know me that well to see it. And what gives you that assumption that someone has to know you that well? Um, as many times we're blind, I, I always share on here that one of the most frustrating things to me is that I can have a question, and I'm not sure what to do for two days, and my wife, within 30 seconds, knows exactly what my question is, knows exactly what my answer will be, and, and it took me two days to come to a conclusion that she knew that I would conclude. And the reason is because I was in denial over really looking at everything or coming to my conclusion. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, don't think I really wonder, Ramnison, what do you say? 
I wasn't. Uh... Oh, the question is if maybe she should bring in another person to the therapist and just to validate her to say if she really does have that issue or not. She doesn't think she has the issue. She thinks the Rub doesn't know her that well. And my point is that I feel Rabbanim, many of them are so experienced that second they could tell what's going on. Uh, again, I, I, th- I think uh, the, the, right now in my, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say the age or something, I think that maybe maybe the pressure around the environment right now pushing you to think n- not not straight because you, I know I know that right now the girls and 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 the the, the early teens, uh, uh, early twenties, really want to get married quickly and stuff like this. And I would say they're a little bit more patient. Maybe, maybe a few months, another months. It's nothing will be damaged. And I call it over. Everything is for good. Timing is is very very important in this issue. Try to take self a break and don't be so stubborn. Uh, again, I don't was it was it too, let let yourself a little bit more trust in your therapist, as you said that you trust, and work a little bit uh, with timing and see how it's working. To ask the therapist how long you think I need. Maybe three months, maybe five months. If it can point, pinpoint you, maybe you will be more calm around this. And don't look in the environment, or the, the, the surrounding around you, that your friend get married and get the start dating and all this stuff. I think this is a big factor in many girls today that uh, they they don't think clear and right about their future, only because the pressure around them to get married. And to date. So I asked them, I asked my therapist, do you think I need? And he told me that he's not a Navi and he can tell me like a certain date, like, oh, uh, August 21st, they're going to be ready to date. No, I, I don't think, I don't think that any, no one can do it, uh, you know, write you the, this date, the actual date. But he can tell you that what, according to the progress, uh, I'm not a therapist, what do you think? Is it can predict timing somehow? Like, uh, Three months, four months, as according to the advance of the chart that the, the therapist is doing. I will tell you, part of my issue is that as long as you're on different opinions of the therapist, I feel this can be a major issue. That means it could be years. If your therapist is right and you're not even looking to see what he's saying, you can't change it if you're not aware of it. Like awareness is going to be the focus. My focus would be is let's stop bringing in your friends to therapy. We do that many times in marriages, where we bring in a marriage, we bring in we bring the spouse. I mean, we bring in the parents, and now it's the therapist and the parents showing you that we see this in your life. The fact that you're blind to something, possibly blind, because there's always a possibility the therapist isn't the right one for you. But let's just go with the hanukkah. It's the right one, and the therapist sees things. And the fact that you're not seeing it, that is my biggest concern. So what do you say to that? Uh, you, you touched very, very, very good important uh, uh, point that maybe the therapist is not for you, and that you know this is very important to know. Maybe you take a, I know, second opinion again, but. If That's you right. said the that, only reason why I didn't do that is because you said that you're not connected to your parents and things like that. So I didn't want to go down that path. But, yes, I did want to mention it, the Reb Nissen said. But a second opinion doesn't mean you just present what you're presenting. No, no not because at all. Because it sounds more complicated, a second opinion might mean that you tell your therapist, can I please go to another opinion? I want to go for a second opinion, which is your right to do, A, and B, to have that therapist speak 
to your therapist during your session time because this way they can get the information. This way they can hear in a professional term in 10 seconds or let's say in five minutes, one therapist can speak to another therapist, tell them their opinion, and now when they speak to you for the second, for that, for a second opinion, they can ask those specific questions and see how you interact with them. Mm -hmm. So when you go for a second opinion, second opinion doesn't mean you just go to a therapist and you present the best side to it. A second opinion means you're actually being open and they're seeing everything that's what's happening. Uh-huh. What are you hearing? That when you go for a second opinion, it should be that they see you as a full picture. That's right. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing? What was your original question? And what, what information are you getting? My original question was, what should I do? That my therapist might have different opinions of if I'm ready for dating or not? Yes. And um, I'm hearing that I should ask my therapist, like, goals, like, grounded goals, what I still need to work on. Excellent. And more than uh, that, first step is, why does he feel you're not ready? One. Step two is, what are grounded goals that you can do to get ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Wow, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and I'd like to share with everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and the number to text is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. We are now... I'm going to read a, a text question. The question says this. Some parents wouldn't allow children to ask therapists a question, what do you say to this? I don't understand that question. Some parents won't allow child to ask a therapist a question, what do you say to this? I would need more information, so I don't understand that. Because <laughs> how is a parent limiting what the child is saying during the therapy session? The therapy session is meant to be the child's place. There's where the child's supposed to share what's going on so the therapist can help out and work through a process. If you're not allowing the child to speak and the therapist is not aware of the full picture, then how do you expect the therapist to help? It's like going to a medical doctor and telling the doctor, you know, don't listen to my chest. There's chest pains, but don't listen to my chest. How do you expect the doctor to know what's wrong with you and how to help you? I think that these parents waste the money for nothing. <laughs> it just yeah. it, it doesn't seem it doesn't sound you know realistic. The whole idea that you send the kids to a therapist that that kids can just be open and improve it himself. Uh, but uh, I don't see it why 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 the kids wouldn't talk. Yeah. Take the next. I'm very curious what Reb Nissen does therapy field. 
he is a fantastic um, contractor in the therapy field. He's a friend of that uh, that helps giving life experience and life knowledge answering these questions, and that's the beauty of it. Now, to continue your question, it constantly says that he speaks to people and knows so much. I know he's contracting, but what about the relationship he has with her Mordechai? Yes, he's fantastic. He knows so many people. He has a lot of Chachmas HaChayim Rebnissim. He helped, he tried helping out teens a lot, or he still helps a lot of the teens sometimes, or the older ones that are a bit at risk, to and it'll work. He tries to give them jobs by him. And our relationship is very, very professional with huge respect for me to and I, I hope him back to me. Yeah, I no question about it. You know, just you know, you know that our relationship was built uh, during the years. In the beginning, I was very skeptic about this, all this uh, therapist, and I, I saw that I was wrong, totally wrong. And this is yeah, I, I know I Baruch Hashem, I have a little bit experience in my life. I had, I saw many things. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a therapist, and I'm not intent to be therapist. But I think, uh, you know, life experiences are very important. My father used to say, uh, "Go to a bal nisayon and before you do a doctor." You know, go to a, somebody with experience. And but it's very important to to see the experience and knowledge. I learn. I learn university. I learn psychology, not as 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 a major. Because we're part of our uh, education and industrial environment design, you have to learn ergonomic and psychology when you design uh, houses and uh, product. But it's nothing to do with this. I think that it's it's like you know you have to look with big eyes and big ears, and as I say, a finger on the pulse, sensing sensing other people. This is the most important. How to see and look to people, you know, at the same eye level. This is what my experience, and I really appreciate your chokhmah and your knowledge and your experience uh, that helping us, basically, Jerus Radio, to, to come to this point and uh, trying to be, bring the awareness. And Rabbi Mordechai, we have Mr. Q on the line. We are going to Mr. Q. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, first of all, thank you for your wonderful program. I have one simple question, and hope that nobody gets offended by this. Is there Bye. any therapist who can say that after X amount of time, X amount of sessions, I guarantee results? Is there anything like that, or is Let there Let me not? ask you something. Can you guarantee you will be alive tomorrow? I cannot guarantee that then, I will be alive tomorrow, but I can say that can if I do not do it, if I don't finish the, the job, yeah, I will give you your, your money back. I can say that. If I go with somebody really? to paint this house, you can do if that? I go to somebody to paint this house, and I only paint it half the way, I don't expect him to pay me. So my question let is... Let me try is something any, else. It's, it's, All right, let, let's... No, hold on. Okay, no. now we're on Kish. Hold on, we just went two separate subjects. We have, we have, we have a, a lot of things about Yeah, it. let's recognize what's going on. Two different areas. If there's something out of your control, let's take a medical field. Right. Can you tell a doctor I will pay you for a heart transplant on the condition that everyone will live only if the heart is, is a, the transplant is a success? I cannot, but I know that, that the patient is taking the risk. 
Wait, do you know doctors, do you know any doctor that will choose to work on a patient to get paid on the condition that the medical, that there's a medical success only? I would imagine that a doctor like that would have a lot of confidence in himself, and, and, and that's the one I would, I would, I would choose so to go to. So let me ask to. you, why don't you have one doctor doing it, based on your assumption? At least 50. You should call up a medical referral and tell me, who are the top 50 doctors, top 50 cardiologists in the world? Mm -hmm. Let's see if these 50 cardiologists will tell you we are working, we only get paid when the heart transfer, when the heart is a success. If not, don't pay us. I think that would be a nice thing. Uh, we're not going we'll go to a minute to find nice. not. Wait, we'll go to but, but, in a minute but, but, to but painting. We're about therapists we'll here. go there. No, no, let's stop. I'll explain to you the difference. The difference we'll between therapy and the, and the heart, and the heart, the heart is a certain goal. Actually, it's it. not. The therapist may not even have a goal. The therapist may say, "I'm just going to straighten you out. I know you have this problem, but we have to work on something else first. And the therapist no, can instruct the person for ten years, five years, fifteen years, and you see no results. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Well, let, let's take a step back. Let's. I, I feel. Let me ask something. Do you notice the tone? Or the words somehow there's almost like an attack. Like watch how a question and the tone of your tone, and I'm finding how I'm responding to your tone versus a difference. Watch, I'm going to present two questions. Why is it that therapists don't get to get paid, even if they're not successful? They don't have a goal. If they can't guarantee you that they'll hope by a certain amount of time, they should give back the money, just like a painter. A painter is going to tell you how much a job is going to cost, and then they'll charge you for it. And you pay for it. Now watch the other way. Can you please explain to me why in therapy a therapist can't guarantee a time, a date, a process of what you're doing, just like a painter? What would you say is the difference between question one and question two? They're both the same. The difference is that the therapist is working with somebody else. Okay, but that's what the therapist's job is for. Hold on, we'll get that's there in a minute. I'm, what, I'm, I'm identifying something else. I'm even just identifying the tone of your call. Go ahead. No, did you notice the first way I presented the question and the second way I presented the question? I did not notice a difference, no. Tell Watch, you. I'm going to rephrase the question again. Listen to uh -huh. question A and listen to question B. Question A, why are therapists charging money and not saying they get paid only when they have a success. Just like a painter, a painter tells you how much they want for doing the house or the room. They do the job, they get paid. They don't do the job, they don't get paid. Question one. Question two. Can you please explain to me why a therapist doesn't guarantee their success? Like, why do we have to pay even if you're not successful? Just like a painter, that if a painter says they'll paint the house, then they don't get, um, and they don't paint, then they don't get paid. All right, so question two is a different tone. Okay. But, right. but they're both the concept. If you look at the, the question, they're both basically the same question yeah. when, it, when, it, when yeah. it comes to the end. Now, let me ask the, you, so the, what the is the difference is, between one and two? I found myself responding to question one in a question one type attitude. So let's address in a question two. So let me explain to you a concept. Now I was trying to explain to you, A, about the medical field, and if you want, I could even take your muscle as a painting. So a painter, generally, when you paint, they want a deposit. 
regardless if they're successful or not in case you pull out. A therapist will want to get paid for their time. Now, as in painting, when they start painting, they're then going to ask you at a certain step, now I want the next 50%. And you're paying it before they finish it because they're not laying out. Once they do 50%, now they want the next 25% to the next 75%. If at any time during that process you're not happy, you're allowed to say stop. And therapy does the same. You're paying. There's a goal for a certain amount of time. You're paying for that. You reach the goal. You continue with that therapist. You didn't reach the goal. You stop with that therapist. Okay. The other question is, can a, can a therapist... Is it possible for a therapist to guarantee a time frame? We're going to get Absolutely right now, can, not. There, there we go. If you can't sure. guarantee it, then the therapist, it's all it's in the therapist's hands. Supposing the therapist, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying anything else. Wait, I don't understand it. You just wants, said words I don't understand. Can you take a step back? You said it's all in the therapist's hands? Yes. No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. Because How? Of, yes, yes, I'll tell you what. Because the therapist, the therapist can schlep out a case. As long as he wants to. He can do that. Whoa. <laughs> do you know that that's can? terrible for business? Uh, uh, I know the therapist will never have another client if they do that. Therapists do not want to schlep out a case. You actually hit it wrong. A therapist wants to finish as quick as possible. Uh, Mordechai. Okay, so, yeah. the person, uh, so that's what you're saying. In other words, uh, if, if I were a therapist, I would say, look, Come to me for five sessions, five hours. You don't see an improvement, then I can't help you. That's an honest therapist. Oh, no. Let's stop a second. Let me ask you a question. Would let's you say take an honest the, therapist let's go, Hold on. Hold on. Let's start. Let's, let's, let's clarify. If someone goes to a doctor and says, I, and the doctor sees the person has a strep throat, mm-hmm. how likely will the doctor say, take uh, Moxil or penicillin, whatever it should be, mm-hmm. for 10 days and the strep throat will get better? Mm-hmm. Very likely, right? Very likely. Now, what happens if someone's got a severe stage 3 level cancer? Likely will that oncologist say, just take a, just take a penicillin for 10 days and you're better? No. But the Why not? Can, can, can it's the doctor's help, ability to help the person. It's in the doctor's right. A strep throat, they could do it. They can't do it to cancer. What's wrong with his doctor? I'll, I'll, I'll oh, because now they want slow catering. Now they want to go back and forth. Now they want surgeries. Ah. So then go to a pediatrician that will give you for a strep throat, 10 days, a penicillin for cancer. What's the difference? The difference is that if an honest therapist, in my opinion, would say, if you don't see an improvement, then I can't help you. Wait, what is the difference between the Mishalim? I feel we're off for different diagnosis. Do you know I purposely do not take difficult cases exactly because of people like you? I just want you to know that. I've had people beg me and say, please take hard cases. So what you're speaking from an uneducated position is that you're equating every diagnosis as the same. You're equating a strep throat to a broken arm to cancer to a liver transplant, to a heart transplant, to meningitis. You've made all diagnosis one. No, but the therapist who is trained looks at the person. In what? And, 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 uh, so and an oncologist. In, so, 
So let's and, go and back to cancer. Someone's got it, a it, stage it, it, three serious level of cancer. Will you say that that doctor can guarantee with the confidence that the person will get healed of cancer with the same certainty as a medical doctor would be able to say, take 10 days of prescription for a strep throat? Would you absolutely, see they're both doctors, not. they're the both doctor medical doctors? But the doctor can what? tell him. If, if you're under my care for a year, you should see an improvement. Otherwise, Really? You know an yes. oncologist that would say, sure? I, I know oncologists say this is a very a tricky doctor, diagnosis. I, I, I would tell the patient. I, I have seen doctors who treated mental patients, and they said after a while, I can't help you. Of course. They, they were honest. Yes. They are honest. So now, but who's that? denying that? That's what I'm asking. But, well, would, would an honest therapist There are do diagnoses. That? You're saying honest. There are mental diagnoses that you know is a minimum four years of therapy. I don't want to say what they are because I don't want people to have it or others think that. There are diagnoses that take minimum, and, there are, and some of those diagnoses even need outpatient full-time, which means if nine to five in a center, in a treatment center, do you know that sometimes some people have an eating disorder that they need to go for four to six months full-time to an inpatient treatment? It's over $10,000 a week and no guarantee that they'll get better because it's yeah. not up to the therapist. It's the diagnosis. It's the illness that's depending on. But, but if they will tell him, if you don't see an improvement in your condition under this and this amount of time, then Hold we on. can't help you. That's Wait, the, that's but what that's I'm three, to four tell you. months. What you're telling me is you need at least four years to find out if the therapist can help him because he, because he can't do the analysis. Yes, so those heavy years. diagnoses, yes, those severe diagnoses, you will not be seeing much changes in the behaviors throughout the first six months to a year. Yes, heavy diagnoses of certain heavy traumas, they will not be able to function, yes. Just like certain levels of oncology where people will have cancer and the person says, what? I'm feeling healthy, I'm feeling a little weak, now you're going to start surgery, chemo, radiation, and all those other stuff, I'm walking out of here a sick person. Yes, certain diagnosis, just like in the medical field, a doctor will tell you it will take a while. You look healthy now, but on the inside you're not. Yes, the mental brain, unfortunately, is sometimes so traumatized and so damaged by the time they come to a therapist that this is what's going on right now. And we cannot guarantee it. And only the most skilled therapists will get involved, but it's very likely that skilled therapists might not be successful and they will tell that to you. That's what I wanted to hear. If the therapist would say, if you don't see an improvement, an improvement, I didn't say a cure, I said an improvement. Now you see, you're always going for a cure. I'm saying an improvement with an X amount of time, then he'll be honest enough to say, I can't help you. Okay, let me let me share with you some more information, my friend. You see, you're always talking cure, 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 no, cure, cure. No, I'm disagreeing. I'm, I'm actually disagreeing with that. You're talking improvement. I'm not talking about improvement. Let's do this again. I am talking about improvement. I want to stop there a second. I want to tell you why improvement isn't accurate. Has it ever happened? Have you ever heard, do you have to unfortunately, know someone that was by an oncologist? And they're getting treatment, and it's getting better. There's improvement, improvement, and then they do the scan six months later, and it got worse and fell down. I think that, that based on you, that oncologist has got to return all the money. Make sure they don't get paid for that patient. 
What I'm saying is that after there's an improvement, you can show the improvement, and everybody will see the improvement. No, he doesn't uh-huh. have to because it was an improvement. Hold on. What happens if you can see it based on the therapy process, but the people outside can't see it? The people Means outside, what happens if internally <laughs> can't see changes? People will notice a change in his behavior and, and his attitude, and after a certain amount of time, they will see it. And and if and if there is an improvement, he'll know about it, and people will know about it. And he's going to get compliments, whatever that, whatever it is. But if he sees no no improvement after X amount of time, and the therapist keeps on doing, it, I think that's unethical. Well, let me let's 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 change. You see, we're talking so theoretical that I feel so. Let's change it. Let's do something simple. If a person has anxiety, and they're going to a therapist for 10 to 20 sessions, and they're not seeing results then yes, I always tell people you've got to have that conversation with that therapist after 10. Someone's got OCD, there's behaviors, actions, and stuff, yes. If someone's having schizophrenia, personality disorders, um, dual personality going on within themselves, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of other stuff, yes, those more diagnosis, the time frame is six months to a year to see if we see results, depending on oh. the severity of the situation. Oh, but there is a time frame. There can be sure. The time frame would be a year. The time frame should not be four years. What I'm saying is the patient and the doctor, the patient see an improvement and the doctor should see an improvement within X amount of time. And he says, if you can't do it, I'm not for you. I can't help you. That's what I'm saying. I've seen seen psychiatrists who who try and try and say, I can't help you. After about 10 sessions, I can't help you. Right. right. You, you, I, see honest, I, I, you see honest. You see honest people. Psychiatrists who, in one session, get the person cured. That's the very same person who nobody can cure. <laughs> I've seen that. I have seen it. Miracles. That's not miracles. Okay. It's the thing called siyata deshmaya. Okay. Okay. The siyata deshmaya. But we are not. We, look. You go. You go to the. about medicine. You go. You go to the the Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and pray over there. And this is and this in one session. Doesn't work that way. One session. Siyata deshmaya. You heard of the Rambam? Everybody heard of the Rambam, right? Yes. The Rambam had, 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 a, had, had a student. The Rambam had a student. He taught him medicine. The student went, said he's going to go on his own, and he went on his own. So successful. The Rambam always it's not the doctor. It's not the medicine. It's the siyata de shemaya that son puts into the doctor. Now listen to what happened. The doctor, the Rambam has had something stuck in his throat. So he called the doctor, his student, to take it out. And the student told him the story. The student, he gave the same medicine to every single person, the same medicine, the exact same medicine. And one guy comes and he says, I lost my horse, H-O-R-S-E. So he gave him the medicine. And guess what? This medicine, excuse me, made people relieve themselves. And he went to the, to the place where he lived themselves, and there he found this horse. The Rambam heard the story. He laughed. The bone dislodged, and he paid the student. It's not the doctor. It's not the medicine. It's the siyata de shemaya that Shem puts into the doctor. Okay. You, You're right, 100%. I want, just to, I, want, I want to jump some over this. You know, I want to tell you something. You come to uh, get a job as a painter, and you are just... Start putting the paint. You start to see the rooms, and you start putting the paint on, and mm-hmm. you finally decided to find 
the all the walls are full of mold and sucking the paint inside. What are you going to do? You're going to bring your money back to that owner, to the homeowner that you're doing this? Or suddenly you come to fix the plumbing and you find that all the pipes behind the wall, you don't have an extra eyes and you don't have nothing. And you said, this is Siata de Shmaya. I have to break all the wall to break all the bath to replace the bath, the, the styles, the, yes, to, to yes, replace the pipes. So this is, no, this is exactly the same. The Marshall, by the way. You would have what? the problem, the mold and everything like that before he started. No, 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 I'm sorry. You don't know. I, right, I have a little a bit experience. Here, this is his field. This is my field. And I'm working now and on, on, on a situation that I had to take two new bathrooms, two new bathrooms with tiles and everything. Take it down, break it everything, and rebuild it from scratch, because somehow was the plumbing was wrong, mm-hmm. and this is the it's, it's the homeowner pay. Me, uh, I have to pay the back to the money to the homeowner. That is that is a more serious problem than okay. the contract. No, I, I believe me, believe me. It. Sometimes, sometimes but there, you, but, but the, the a, brain, our brain, our brain, the paint. But there's a greater problem here. Our brain is it. more complicated than plumbing and, and, and two-inch pipe on four-inch uh, sewer pipe. Our brain is more, com- more complicated. And to understand what is going on in our brain sometimes take years. And you can see people in 120 years old, they didn't get nothing in their life. And they stay stubborn. They stay the people that don't see. And I would say, we say you say about Seattle Deshmaya. And I pray to the Kadosh Bohu every day. Every day that it open my eyes and see the truth, because what we're thinking here, and you ask yourself, how people can think like this, so twisted? How people can don't see the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, with the political situation right now, you see all these people around us, all these, mm-hmm. they don't see mm-hmm. the truth, right? Mm-hmm. How come? But you see the truth. We don't have the ability to see the truth. Because we, who we put us as the or something like that, and I see that the, the Sapparo is better. I'm going to only look at what the Plymouth is better no matter what they say. <laughs> That's, That's right. means conditions. you're really not seeing it. it. <laughs> no, they, they know it. They, they, are, no, they, don't. they are knowledgeable. You know, some not, people, but no, they deny not. it because it doesn't no. fit their no, no, agenda. No, you, you actually have to miss, no, you have a misunderstanding. That's not correct. I'm, I'm Dissonances... Dissonance is how many times is the most like Has it ever happened that you're looking for your keys, you're asking your wife, and your wife's going, are you serious? You've looked, and it's right in front of you? Dissonance is when it's in front of you and you're actually not seeing it. Your brain has created a filter on something right in front of you. You're not seeing it. I was if once you're talking assuming, to somebody. If you're assuming that they see it, they're challenging it. That's not real dissonance. Dissonance is when they're blind. Actually, I'll tell you what cognitive is, in my, my opinion. I heard what the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your opinion is very strong, and uh, somehow, somehow yeah. I feel that you are not flexible to understand. To, but to, you, you to, have to understand my point, too. Uh, we get, I, 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 I got, I got your point. I got your point. We got your point. Wait, very wait, clear. I played a tape in front of a certain person, and I said that this person said, keep that out of 
So the person said no. The person said kindergarten, and I said kita aleph. What happened was, in the in the tape, the person said kita aleph, and he said kindergarten. He said kindergarten and kita aleph. I played it back 16 times, maybe even more. And and the word kita aleph was clearly there. The person kept denying that, that there was kita aleph. By question like this, do you see? Now you're saying that's not con- that's ca- 